0: This This. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagatha.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati Mailbag Edition Thursday Preview. A lot of good questions. I'm going to start with Adam Wheels. He says, how many defensive-minded coaches at Lou's age get the opportunity to be a head coach? And if you had to pick five places to eat the rest of your life, where would it be?
0: Uh the age thing with Lou Anarumo is interesting because he's 56, yeah, so he's older, but he had such a cool background to get to the NFL where he started as a high school coach, moved to like D3 college, worked his way up through all the way to D1 college, and then he ends up getting an NFL gig. So he worked his way up from nothing. Like most of these guys, you look around the NFL, it's oh, that's a former player with his old coach or Oh, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, he must relate to Mike Shanahan or Matt LaFleur and Mike LaFleur. It, it's like you get a lot of legacy names. You get a little bit of nepotism. So it's kind of cool that uh, this guy just rose from nothing and just made connections along the way. So I don't think there's many defensive minded guys that have done that. Uh, like Pete Carroll. But yeah, Pete Carroll was a rock star in USC and he already worked in the NFL before he got that Seahawks job as well um mike zimmer is that a good one for uh he got a head coaching gig and he's currently 66 it was about 10 years ago 50 something so i I, there mike zimmer i guess that's your (laughs) former bengal (laughs) defensive coordinator gets a head coaching gig somewhere similar path i guess uh I, i haven't looked too deep into mike zimmer's history but he was in the nfl a long time
1: Yeah, no, I I think Lou's going to be fine. And and the the only problem, what what Lou has going against him is he's a defensive coordinator.
0: Especially in today's NFL. Like that used to not be as big of a deal, but it really feels like most of these guys want to find the Mike McDaniel uh, types rather than trying to find, uh, I don't know. Basically, D'Amico Ryans would probably be a head coach two times over by now if this was 2008
1: I want to say with this too, cause DD main says he has an hypothetical. He read a Peter King article, which had a lot of love for the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday morning. He said, do you think that they would rather have, if you're the chargers, someone like Lou to stop Mahomes, or a Brian Callahan to develop Herbert?
0: Um, I think they would lean towards the Callahan. A little bit of that is the same thing. You know, it's, the NFL wants these offensive guys, but two, they just did the whole defensive head coach thing. So if they get rid of Brandon Staley and then they bring in Lou Anarumo, it's a little bit of like, well, we just tried that, didn't we? And the offense stunk because he just hired some, some guy he knew the Joe Lombardi um, and it didn't mesh well. So why don't we get a guy that's fully focused on the offense? So that way we know that he's going to be able to work with our quarterback. So I would think they lean towards Callahan but i do think every afc west team should take a peek at Lou Anaruma, just give him a little interview just like uh how are you stopping Mahomes? even if you don't hire him you kind of get to do the whole whiteboard of just like uh picking his brain a tiny bit of like what's going what's going on there how are you you slowing that guy down (laughs) we want to
1: yeah no i think with 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 all of that um lou is great and he is awesome and this is a lou stan podcast lou has talented players too. And he, and what I like about Lou is there are guys who are coming here to have another career, like the Eli apples, um, all, all, like the people who they drafted in the linebacker room that a lot of people, I remember when they drafted Logan Wilson, they got a little criticism. Like, why'd you get this guy? What's he going to do? What he's able to develop with these players is a whole nother level. And I think people need to look at that when, when peeking at Lou, like not only can he stop Patrick Mahomes, but look what he's done with this offense, or look what he's done with this defense. and, and some of the guys that they've drafted, brought in through free agency. Um, they they love Lou. And I, I, I mean, that stuff is important. Uh, but but with the chargers, they're the first thing the chargers need to do is fire their doctor, their team doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it impressive. is the same guy that stabbed Tyrod, isn't it? Yes. I, think I saw that. Yeah. They didn't, I, didn't that. I want that job security.
1: <laughs> Somebody, I actually brought that up like maybe a couple months ago and I'm like, what? This guy still has a job with this team. And they're like, well, things happen. Accidents happen. I'm like, no one, it's your quarterback. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, the chargers have a lot of problems right now. And, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, that's, it's just unfortunate. I really, maybe I'll be wrong and maybe we'll look back on this. And like I said, selfishly, I want Lou to be on the Cincinnati Bengals for a lifetime. I don't want him going anywhere, but also, um, rooting for Lou to, to get those opportunities. We'll go with this. Cause it was actually something when you look at the injury report, will G says with Hurst in a boot, might we see Aussie, Aussie on the field in some spots coming up? He's an intriguing player.
0: I think so. I mean, uh, Wilcox, even though he's the tight end one, he's not going to play 100% of snaps. Do they get into any 12 personnel? If you get into any 12 personnel, it's going to be Asiasi on the field. Uh, And he's hit the field already a little bit. He was the Mm. guy that didn't run the the flat route on the RPO that Joe Joe Burrow turned into a 16-yard running play. Um, But yeah, you're going to see Asiasi. I don't know how much they trust him and I don't know if he's earned much trust, but I do think he's looked like an okay blocker when he's out there. So it's going to be weird moving on. Both these guys are probably slightly better inline blockers than Hurst. I know Hurst had that giant blow up uh, SIF block, but that is also with a running start. I'm talking about like on the line being a lineman type of blocking and these two are a little bit better at it than he is. So that'll be interesting and it is the Browns. So maybe you want to run a little bit, But uh, I think you'll see plenty of Aussie Aussie. I don't think it'll be more than like 15 snaps, though. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with it. I have some strange feeling that Aussie Aussie is going to score their first touchdown.
0: All right. That's a strange call. I know.
1: I know. I know. Because you know what? Zach Taylor's been in his bag over the last couple weeks. And I think it's going to be some random throw to Aussie Aussie. Um, and that is definitely going on a limb. And I've been wrong about my interceptions over the last couple of weeks, but you know, sometimes it's gonna hit.
0: Well, they're just not getting interceptions.
1: <laughs> or just not getting them, just stealing the ball out of Travis Kelsey's hand. Um, but yeah, no. So I've been wrong about that. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just it's just they've been really uh, they've been fun to watch on offense, and I feel like it's gonna be some random play. If not, it's Joe Mixon running it in.
0: That's like, my thought is just that they just give the ball, like, to mix and give him the touchdown. Makes sense you're... on paper, makes sense, you know, to get his confidence back. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I almost, uh, I don't love the Aussie Aussie call just because I'm like, I really hope they don't start galaxy braining against the Browns and right. like blow the game that way. Cause they're like, ah, this time we're going <laughs> to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to fake the fake and get the ball to our backup tight end in the corner of the end. zone. So it's like. All right, hold on, guys. (laughs) What if we just ran straight ahead?
1: You're right. Never mind, Zach Taylor. If you're listening to this podcast, do not give it to Asiasi to score the touchdown. No offense to Asiasi. Make it simple. Run it right in. Joe runs it in on a QB sneak, or maybe it's Joe Mixon, or maybe it's Maj P. Ryan. Don't make this complicating. Never mind. Axe that whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go with we're gonna go with I'll never forget the Philly special. Um, we'll we'll stay with uh the Hearst and Mixon talk too. Ryan M says if Hearst is out, which it sounds like Hayden Hurst is going to be out for a week or so to be determined on when he returns, but it doesn't sound serious. According to Hayden Hurst, his words, not mine. Mixon is good to go. Might we see some sets where P. Ryan is in the backfield and Mixon lines up as a receiver?
0: Probably not. Why uh, you
1: being in this way?
0: Well, because I'm just trying, trying to be honest. I mean, I don't <laughs> think they run that much of the 20 personnel in general. And then to go with that, they – The whole running back at wide receiver thing just doesn't happen very often. I we've talked about this before. Like when they go outside and empty, like, yeah, sure, that you put your running back out there and empty, but like a generic two by two, you got the running back next to you, you're not putting the running back in the slot. You know, you're not taking Tyler Boyd off the field to put Mix in there. I guess in this case, you're taking Hurst off the field and putting Mix in there, or taking Wilcox off the field and putting Mix in there. But I, I whatever, uh, he's not as good of a blocker. So like you do gain value from having uh, an Ossie or a Wilcox on the field because you can run different run plays. If Mixon is out wide or in an H-back type position, he's not going to lead block. And if you flip that, maybe Pirine could. But I just, I don't think this happens anywhere near as much as it gets talked about. Like across the NFL teams don't really do this that often.
1: All right, then that's a no. I
0: feel bad.
1: (laughs) Sean says, "I do like this because my favorite thing in the world. I joke about it, like the comparison game, Um, but I love to hear comparisons with players when they're playing well." Sean says, "What is Cordell Volson's ceiling? Existing NFL O-line comparables?"
0: Oh it's not existing. I think it's the popular one to say Clint Bowling because he was a Bengal, just a solid left guard. I mean, plug him and play him for the next six, seven years. I think he'll be, that's about what my career trajectory for him would be just a solid guard. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you could reasonably say like a Joe Tooney type or he's near all pro level, but I'm he looks like a solid guard. I don't know how much more he develops from there. He's going to become a more consistent player, but I don't know if there's a realistic like all-pro level ceiling, but you don't need that. He was a late fourth-round pick. I think a clip Bowling type, um, trying to rack my brain for another just middle-of-the-road left guard, like uh, Isaac Molo. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stick with Clint Bowling because nobody's gonna know whatever mid-level left guard I try to throw out there. Well, <laughs> just definitely. like I tried, if you know Isaac Samvalu from the from the Eagles, actually a right guard, then uh you could let me know that uh you know who I'm talking about.
1: No, I'm speaking of the Eagles, I'm just throwing up this random fact right now. We're at this point in the season. Your prediction before the season was the Eagles and Eagles- the Bengals. Bengals. and they're like two and three in the power rankings, which is That's right. Insane, and and we love to see it. I just needed to throw that fact out there. Credit to Mike. Well, not I I mean, hopefully you're right. I hope you're right. Please be right. That's awesome. It's it's an expensive awesome, but please be right. Um, Matt says, how's Dax Hill doing? Do you expect an increase in his playing time? I feel like we can ask this every week, and we're going to get what we already know.
0: Uh, He needs to see the field. (laughs) I I mean, like, when he plays, he's fine. I just – he's not playing much. And like, he has some highlight reps. He has some reps. He didn't do that well, but it's just so little playing time that it's really hard to come up with a no. Uh, oh, yeah. He's doing great type of situation. I think he's doing fine. And I don't, I don't think it's bad or good. I just think it's like, there's not a NA not complete or, you know, NC and, and not complete. You know, it's hard to do an eval, especially because he comes in for all these weird packages for the most part. He's, Bates and Bell haven't really missed a full game for him to just play a full allotment of snaps at safety. So he comes in these you know, three safety packages, rushes the passer, or he drops really deep down the field or something like that. It's just I personally don't have much feel on it, and I'm sure that is probably where you're going as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, and Lou told us before the season kind of his outlook on it. This isn't anything against Dax Hill. It was almost like who are you taking off the field to replace him? Um, And at this moment, he's going to learn on the sideline. It's Dax Hill's job next year, everybody. I'm not breaking news there that it's his job. And going from your off-season workouts to your training camp to um, your second year in the NFL, and maybe this will be beneficial for his development, what he's seen from these vets on the team and and the leadership on defense working with Lou. Um, I don't think this is a bad thing. Um, When you pick this lead in the draft, this stuff will happen it's not always going to be an impact player right away Uh, I know you know there's probably a few guys ahead of them maybe even Kansas City's pick that they would have probably taken when it comes to uh getting to the quarterback and some depth there but unfortunately this is the way it went and this could be a great thing this is nothing against Dax Hill Um, we haven't seen him enough to really um, dr- judge or grade what he can do out there and I don't believe in draft grades until like three to four years in their NFL career to know what they can do so I think it's just it's just the way the ball is rolling right now and um Dax will be fun to watch next year and that's when we'll really see Dax Hill I think we pretty much know at this point in the season that this is really what we're going to see from him right now uh we'll we'll say oh go
0: ahead I'll just saying, almost have to say hopefully we'll see him more next year because if you see him more this year it's because yeah. of injury.
1: Yeah, and I definitely we don't want to see that. Uh, we want to see Dax Hill next year and just observe. Be there with your teammates, support them, get them some water if they need some. Um, but yeah, don't, don't we don't. No offense to Dax Hill, we don't want to see him yet. We don't want to see him yet. We want to see what we have out there as with our starters. Um, I'm gonna stay with just kind of the secondary area. Sean Denning says, "Why is Cam Taylor break gonna be the greatest corner in Bengals
0: history?" That's a really tough ask. Uh, Ken Riley's <laughs> making the Hall of Fame this year.
1: Not named Ken Riley.
0: Not named Ken Riley. So yep. then Lamar Parrish, better than him, better than uh, Leon Hall, Jonathan Joseph, all those guys. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ken Taylor-Britt's a lot of fun. I think he loves to hit. He's very physical, and he's a very physical talent. You know, he's very athletic, a little bit stiff, but like straight-line speed, he's got a lot of that, and he's not afraid of contact. So there's plenty to like. Um, I know it's just hyperbole. I think he's on a good path right now. It's hard to come into the league and play at corner and he's coming in and playing solid football at corner and he'll get better over time.
1: Lewis Riddick uh, in March and April, or not in, in March, but in April was a huge, huge fan of Cam Taylor Britt, and he loved that pick for Cincinnati. So, so far, I like Lewis. He he knows what he's doing, uh, former NFL front office, ESPN broadcaster right now. I believe everything he says about Cam Taylor Britt and what we're seeing now, it's just fun, and and hopefully um, we'll just see so much more in his Bengals career. Bringing up cornerbacks, though, you remember the Tory James, Delta O'Neal years? Yes, of course. Fun fact: I had a Delta Neal jersey.
0: Love Delta, so I, I fully support this.
1: Yeah, he was—he uh,
0: he was like um, Trevon Diggs, but less interceptions.
1: That was a fun year. Delta Neal, Torrey James—they went off, and then we—and then we were so lucky because we had Leon Hall and Jonathan Joseph, um, 2006, 2007 draft class. Uh, so that was fun. No, just random facts uh, about that. I was sporting that in, in elementary or middle school. I can't even remember. But uh, just the probably only person in my high school or middle well, – I don't even know what grade I was in was wearing that jersey.
0: The fun fact on Delta Odeals in 2001, he tied the record for most interceptions in a game with four.
1: Well, go Delta. Big 24 podcast. It's Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was before the uh, – that was right before the Bengals. We We use a Bronco.
1: I remember that. I remember that. He was with the Bengals. Okay, can you tell me how long he was with the Bengals? Because it was really short.
0: It wasn't that short. It was four years. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. he was only he was only like full-time starter for two years, I think is the idea. Because they drafted Jonathan Joseph in 06 and then Leon Hall in 07. Then he left to New England and then that was the end of his career. He had 10 interceptions in 2005, though. That was sick.
1: This I promise we are going to move on to Bengals and Browns, but I have one question for you. And this is so random. This is like random Bengals talk right now. Do you think the Bengals made the right move when they had to decide between Leon Leon Hall and Jonathan Joseph?
0: Well, I think it's one of the rare moments of both those would have been fine. Jonathan Joseph a little bit of malcontent, so yes. Although, who's the better player? I think it was Joseph by hair. But he, he wasn't happy in Cincinnati, so let him go. He went he had a great career in Houston after that, kind of sucked because he kept beating the Bengals right after that to get into the playoffs. Uh or in the playoffs, sorry. Uh but I really I think the correct move was to pay both, but I, I don't think Jonathan Joseph wanted to stay.
1: Full circle, the Bengals ended Jonathan Joseph's career.
0: That's true. Tennessee in uh Burroughs rookie season. That was uh that was when we knew he was done. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry this is so random these are thoughts that run through my uh, nerdy brain head uh when it comes to former players yeah, what's and- the
0: next one what did they make the right move letting cedric benson walk
1: i don't know <laughs> <laughs> this this is negative talk only positive talk look where we're at look where it's we're at right cedric now in 2022. Benson so much jordan here and this team is just they're 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 hitting on all cylinders Next, we're going to actually talk about the game. Bengals and Browns, what's going to happen? The week is finally here on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.